0: And friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This time, looking at Mid South Wrestling Television from February 19th, 1983, as taped on February 16th, 1983, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last, and joining me this week for this journey through wrestling history, just like he does each and every week, you know him from Booking the Territory. He's your friend and mine. Mike Mills. Mike, how's it going today?
1: I'm doing great. I'm not much of a Twitter instigator, as you know, Brian, last, but uh, this is a fun <laughs> Either week. Either am I. Either am I. <laughs> Just playing. I have, like, I'm having fun, people. It's nothing serious. But no, seriously, we've, uh, you know, we we had a good couple of weeks the last couple of weeks. We had some interesting things happen, and there's something that's going to happen at the very start of this show that's really, really a lot of fun, in my opinion, and kind of uh, Plants a seed that we'll see in the next few months, in a way. Uh, it's going to take a little while, but that's the great part about angles in the old days. I mean, if you think about the, the Wrestling 2 stalking situation, how long that's been going on. But that's just one of the beauties of this territory. Seeds can be planted three, four, five months ahead of time. And then you'll get to a moment where something happens and you're like, holy crap. Did you remember when Duggan said X, Y, and Z? And then you look back and you're like, wow, that." came to fruition or didn't so this is going to be a fun episode just from that perspective for me but uh how are you doing this morning man
0: i'm doing all right and like you said there's going to be some interesting seeds planted especially here at the top of the show some interesting angles and matches during the show but why don't we go to the show open because we're also going to get a new voice a different voice here we're going to hear bill watts introduce the sports director from kalb tv in alexandria louisiana buddy nichols who's going to be sitting in on some matches this week and next week we also hear from Boyd and much more. Let's go to this open right now. It's an action pack open, so listen up
2: this week's edition of Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. I'm your host, Boyd Pearson. We have a lot of exciting action coming up. We'll be telling you about things that have happened in the past, something great events to look forward to in the future, and exciting interviews. We also have great matches this week as Mr. Wrestling 2 is here. Also, the Junkyard Dog will be in action. Tag Team Match will feature the Mid-South Tag Team title holders, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. Another great battle. It'll be Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Tiger Conway, Jr. But before that, we're going to hear from a man at ringside with some interesting news. Let's go to Cowboy Bill Watts.
3: Throughout the Mid-South area, we've been thanking you fans for making us number one in our viewing time on the different television stations. And standing here next to me is Buddy Nichols, who's the sports director at KALB-TV in Alexandria, Louisiana. And he's come here to guest commentate with Boyd Pierce a few of the matches here today on Mid-South Wrestling. Buddy, originally you're from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Just how would you get interested in wrestling? Oh, Arky, you moved down to Louisiana, Bill. Of course, I've always been interested in pro wrestling, one of the most exciting pro sports around these days. Uh, and uh, Central Louisiana, Alexandria, one of the best wrestling uh, areas in the state of Louisiana. Wrestling fans are the greatest in Cinala. Well, we sure appreciate KLb tv because we've been with them a long, long time. and and they've made wrestling what it is today, along with the promoters in Alexandria and with the talent of Mid-South, and we're certainly proud to have you here, and I know Boyd Pierce will be looking forward to you sharing some of the commentary with him. First, we have to look back to a little situation that happened last week when the Mid-South tag titles were at stake against Andre the Giant and Mr. USA Tony Atlas, and there was an altercation, a serious altercation, in which involved one Hacksaw Dugan, And Kamala, the Ugandan warrior, along with Skandar Akbar. And this time, Ted DiBiase is pleading innocent. He said he had nothing to do with the Akbar situation. He said that was a personal score that Akbar and Kamala had with the eighth one of the world, Andre the Giant. We have sent the films of that match to the law enforcement or rule enforcement committee of Mid-South Wrestling in, in Florida. Charlie Lay is the president and chairman of that committee. We do expect some action. There could be very serious and heavy fines levied because of that action here last week. But let's listen as DiBiase and Matt Bourne profess their innocence and exult in their retaining the titles
4: surprise 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 that's right all you people out there you're looking at the mid-south tag team champions maybe much to your dismay but in fact we are still the mid-south tag team champions look at the team we beat last week right here on television Andre the giant Andre the giant and big guns Tony Atlas probably the most awesome team to ever been pitted against any tag team combination, and we are still your champions. Hacksaw, come on in here, Hacksaw, and join oh, this nice celebration. the celebration. You're part of nice the Rat Pack. Right, That's right. Thank Man, you, brother. back those belts that rightfully belong to you, <laughs> and being a team that will go down in history as one of the strongest teams. But obviously, these two guys are stronger. All one right. thing I want to ask you, Teddy, you had nothing to do with that Akbar coming down there because the Rat Pack can stick together. <laughs> Tell me you had nothing to do with it. Well, uh, why'd you ask? There's three reasons. First of all, I don't like managers, and I know you guys don't. We don't need no manager taking care of our business. Second of all, that guy's some oil man. He's making a living off my bread, your bread, my family's bread, your family's bread. We don't need that. And third and most of all, he has taken care of that iron sheet character that has something to do with Iran. Now, I stand for what I stand for, but some things I don't. So we don't need him, baby, and I'm proud of you guys. Tell me you had nothing to do with it, baby. No, no, man, no. One for all, all right. for of one. We're the Rat Pack, all man. All together We it three ourself. of us. That's we can right. We take care of business, and if you people got any questions, dog, Alice, anybody, just come and try any one of us.
2: Well, they're all gloating now, but let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, they have made the biggest man in wrestling <laughs> mad. And I don't care whether you're in Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Oklahoma wherever you might be, I mean mad is spelled M-A-D. So once somewhere down the line, they'll have to face him again, right? With us now, as Bill Watts has told you with a wonderful introduction, and we welcome him here to the platform and on the table of Mid-South Wrestling, Buddy Nichols. Buddy, we look forward to being with us as our guest this week. We're going to go directly to the ring, and then you'll tell us all about it in the first match. Okay, thank you very much, Boyd. Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, there we hear it, Mike. A lot going on. Of course, Buddy Nichols from Alexandria, Louisiana, here on Commentary. We'll talk a little bit about that as the show goes on. But this interview, there's a lot going on in this interview. First of all, Ted DiBiase once again wearing his dad's sweater in the interview, and they're starting to tease something with Duggan. Duggan doesn't like the idea that they would have anything to do with Skandar Akbar, and he gave his reasons, even throwing in the Iron Sheik, who hasn't been here since the beginning of 1982, that he had something to do with the Iron Sheik, and the Iron Sheik has something to do with Iran, and that's enough to scare off the what we're about to find that is a very patriotic Jim Duggan but there's a lot building to the future right here in this interview a well-done short interview that got several points across what do you think Mike
1: this was fantastic and it's really hard not to give away what I'm really thinking when I know what's coming but the subtleness of it like and it's the mannerisms of DiBiase when Duggan questions DiBiase about hey what is you know? Please tell me this Akbar didn't have something to do with it because he's got that all money and I you know I ain't for that stuff and it was just the body language of DiBiase when Duggan questioned him that kind of gives you some pause and some doubt to go I don't is DiBiase telling the truth here? Now again I'm not trying to foreshadow everything and we may have a little ways to go with this but the fact that the body language said one thing but DiBiase said another kind of lends you to, to to understand why Duggan even began to question it. And look, we've heard the cheers for Duggan. We've we've kind of slowly seen it happen organically. And right here, he's kind of coming across as like that tweener type when he cuts that promo. I mean, we were like, hold on, you know. I mean, us Americans, we don't like Akbar either. And, you know, Duggan's standing up for the people. So we got to see what's going on with this. And you know what? That's the beauty of Territory Wrestling. We're going to have to wait to see how this plays out.
0: Well, DiBiasi said, though, you know, because when Duggan said, "Tell me, we have nothing to do with Akbar," and DiBiasi said, "Well, why do you ask?" And, and he right. like said, his body language, his face, his face totally changed when Duggan said that. Right, it's the
1: facial expression and the body language when he said, "Why do you ask?" He he kind of like takes that slow step back or sway back to where he's like. Oh shit! Oh, (laughs) wait, hold on. Oh shoot! This guy may be on to me, and I need to be careful here. That was great. And on another note, how much do you think Buddy Nichols paid Bill Watts to sit in here?
0: I was thinking Buddy Nichols, being the sports director at KALB in Alexandria, Louisiana, Mid South Wrestling has been on there for many years, and Bill Watts gives that station credit for the popularity of wrestling in Alexandria. I was thinking it was one of those things where Watts always sees him, and he goes. You know, Cowboy, I'd really love to do commentary one of these days. Sure, buddy, one day. And then the next time he sees him, You know, Cowboy, doing great on the station, one day I'd really love to do commentary. That's the way I thought, without knowing anything. I was just assuming that. I will say, a different look for Bill Watts this week. Three-piece suit? The closest cropped haircut we've ever seen him have on Mid-South TV? A new Bill Watts.
1: (laughs) new Bill Watts. (laughs) I will say this about Buddy Nichols, though. it's very apparent that Watts allows him to be the guest commentator on the matches that don't really
0: matter. Well, I wish Watts had that attitude some other weeks with other guest commentators. Like this is an important match. So I'll do this match. You could do the Kelly Kaniski tag match. I do agree. Well, coming out of that, we get our opening match, Mike, Tom Ernesto Jr. Who I get a kick out of versus Art Cruz with Alfred Neely as the referee, Alfred Neely with, Such strong sideburns and hair slicked back here, I didn't even realize it was Alfred Neely at first. Buddy Nichols on commentary here. We're not going to play any of that audio, but he calls it like an athletic contest. He calls it like a sports director, the same way he would probably call local basketball, local football, whatever it may be. A little different than Paul Bosch, a different way of doing it, but he basically sounds like a local sportscaster covering wrestling seriously. What did you think?
1: I exact same note. He's calling it hole for hole, spot for spot, not much else. And he sounds like just your normal sports broadcaster in their local market who would, you know, if they're calling the LSU basketball game versus Ole Miss, he's calling it straight down the middle with nothing else to it. I did have one other note. He kept calling Tom Renesto, Tom Danesto, I thought. It was the uh, other <laughs> I
0: thought so too, but I thought maybe I heard it wrong. So you, you saying that is yes. confirming that Tom <laughs> Danesto was in the ring.
1: He kept calling the Ron Jeremy lookalike alike Tom Danesto. And um yeah, that's all I pretty much had from it though. But you're right, he, he called it straight down the middle, like a like a sports director do and a sports caster would do.
0: Art Cruz wins with the reverse neck breaker. He's beginning a little bit of an undercard push here as an undercard babyface. We then go back to the desk where Bill Watts and Boy Pierce set up footage. Of the Christmas night 1982 reunion arena match between the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Rick Flair and Kerry Von Erich with Michael Hayes as one of the two referees along with David Manning, one of the most famous matches in wrestling history due to the outcome, due to Terry Gordy slamming the cage door on the head of Kerry von Erich, setting up what would be the biggest year in the history of Dallas wrestling, 1983. Mike. We've never talked about this match. Let's briefly talk about it just because they do play a good portion of it here. It is a famous match. It's a historic match. It's a big moment in wrestling history. I've always thought it was a really sloppy match to the point where if you watch it, I'm pretty sure Flair goes for the spot early because Hayes is by the door. Kerry's there. Flair does the same thing he does later on, knee to the back. Kerry goes into Hayes, but it's not time yet for the finish, so they don't go to it. So then they keep wrestling, and then I do the exact same thing again a second time. And that's something I always thought was a mistake. After Kerry gets the door slammed on his head, they don't go to the finish. A lot of people think that's the end. If you watch, it's not. The match keeps going and going probably a little too long, at least for me. I think the match should have ended right away after the cage door hitting Kerry's head. What do you think, Mike?
1: It, go- it does go on for a little while after that, which... I guess like when you put it like that I can see why that would feel like it went on too long. The part the part that always the thing that always got me about this match is the two referees cuz Hayes and David Manning are are like both refereeing and Hayes is just really aggressive as the match goes along with Kerry and it, it felt weird having two quote-unquote referees. But if you go back and look at 1982 World Class They do that two referee thing a lot um, with tag matches is what I mean. Like if they're in a sportatorium, they've got two refs for for many of the tag matches. And I was like, why? Why do they do this? But it was just something they did. So, you know, whatever. Um, This match is one of those things where it was probably one of the first like cage matches I had seen. And when I say one of the first, I mean, there were others, but this one was like the first one that I was like, whoa, this is serious business. Carrie's bleeding. Michael Hayes is causing tr- trouble in the cage. And then ultimately the, the door is slammed on Carrie's head. And it just was real impactful. Now, if they did this nowadays, it's like, all right, I've seen that already. I would, it wouldn't have the same impact. But back then it did. Um, it does go on, like you said, a little bit long after he's his, his head is slammed into the cage. And yes, they do do the spot right before where... I think they they were going to it, and then it didn't happen. But long story short, it's it's pretty pretty memorable when you when you rewatch this. The thing I always say, and I and I only have this perspective because I've watched this again within the last year. I've watched all the matches after this. I swear, if you watch January '83, I don't think that they knew the gold that they had with the Von Eric and Freebird for you just yet because they don't really push it like you think they would if you watch those weekly episodes in those first few weeks after this, or, or even a month after, and then they start realizing, wait, 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 we, we really had something with that. So, and we all know the story, the territory is then set on fire. Uh, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. it. It's a moment in time. It's talked about. There is something to the sloppiness of it. And, and when I say sloppiness of it, Hayes is just really, really ridiculously aggressive. Yes
0: ridiculous in it
1: yeah yeah that's the part that you know and i ain't trying to look michael hayes has been there and done everything so it's not me trying to pick him apart it, but there is a level of aggressiveness in there with 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 hayes that when you watch it you're like "Whoa, man he he was really getting away with a lot of stuff but maybe that was the point maybe the point was he was just getting so frustrated that Kerry wouldn't take the shortcut and you know take the win he, he was just getting mad at him because he's thinking, you know what, this stupid idiot, he's he's so much of a baby face. He doesn't want to do what needs to be done so he can walk away with the title. And that was the goal of it, I guess. So, But in the end, man, he, he is just overly aggressive as a ref in that match with, with both guys, to be honest.
0: And the other thing I love about the match is the fans, the fans' reaction. When Kerry gets the door slammed on his head, they react one way. But when Hayes counts three, when it's clearly not three... You just see girls jumping up and down, angry, screaming. You hear the sound of the audience. That to me is one of my favorite things about the match: is the reaction of the fans.
1: The reaction of the fans, and and when that cage does slam on Carrie's head, you you hear that rattle, and, and I still hear that rattle to this day. When when Carrie's head is just yeah. explodes into that thing, it's it's pretty damn amazing. How do they uh, do
0: that spot? I mean, I know it's probably a silly question. I've never really thought it out. But how do they? You know, we're, we don't have a camera on the floor, so we don't see if Kerry's that, hand is blocking it or anything else is happening. But is that how it. they do the spot? They just have you know, you know, you're not. We're not seeing what's blocking the cage from actually hitting it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You you gotta you, you you can't. And Kerry's hands weren't up. He just was close enough to it that it looked like it. Like if you if you rewatch it, Kerry's hands aren't aren't up on the cage. He, his hands. Right. He's on his the hands are. His hands are on the the second rope. He's just leaning over where his head is just close enough to that post where when that freaking cage door slams, it looks like it nails him. But part of it, too, is unless there's a camera angle out there that shows the the video, not a still photo, but the video of it from the side, you'll never be able to tell that it doesn't touch his head. But I think that I think that was part of it, too. But he's 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 he's, he's got two hands on the ropes and he's leaning over where the top of his head is touching the part of that cage or almost touching the part of the cage that's stationary and then the door slams with the latch down. And I think that noise you hear is the, is the latch um, nailing the, the cage. So, but it, it looks beautiful. I mean, it, when, when he gets hit and the way he flies back, you're like, Oh God, he's dead. Um, which makes sense as to why the match ends up getting stopped anyway. But I think that, I think that's what they did. I, I don't, I don't think his head hit it technically. I, at least I don't think so. It could have, but it doesn't look like it from the angle we have. But then again, we don't have a side angle either. So there's that.
0: Well, let's hear Cowboy Bill Watts wrap up this clip, which again, they played on Mid-South Wrestling for, I don't know, the better part of 10 minutes. They played a good portion of this on the air. So let's hear yeah. Watts wrap it up.
3: Kerry Von Erich sustained a severe concussion due to that iron gate hitting him in the head when Terry Gordy swung it shut on him. And he was out of wrestling for a while. And Michael Hayes and the Freebirds have decided to dominate Texas, and they pretty well have. They've wrapped up the tag team titles and one of the important regional titles in that area. But the Von Erich family have been in some severe feuds before, and if I know them, they're going to be hot on the Freebirds trail. But we did want to clarify, because so many fans have asked us, "Is what happened with the Freebirds in Dallas, Texas? And that's what happened. And, Boyd, we'll be
2: back after that. And we'll see Marty Lundy versus Mr. Rassing, Two when we return.
0: So Mike just to clarify, I know we've talked about this before. You got world-class TV in New Orleans when you were a kid, right? Yeah, this and this is something I've I've never
1: been able to recall. I I've seen them all and when I say recall, I've never been able to recall the moment that we started getting them. Um I I don't recall us getting them in 82 and I'm thinking we started getting it in 83. So the, by the time I saw this cage match, would have been this episode. So this would have been my first exposure to that match that we just saw. Now, in '83, they replay in World '83 World Class. They replay this damn match a few times in in throughout '83. Couple of times, at least twice, I know for a fact. Uh, at least I feel like they do. So, but we started getting World Class. I feel like in '83, but. I haven't been able to track down when. And the problem is when you watch so much wrestling like we do, I've seen them all, but I can't remember when I saw them all first. Um, you know, I can't remember if when I started seeing 83 and 84 World Class, it was because they were showing on, uh, on Channel 4, on Channel 4, on um, Channel 6, which was NBC in New Orleans, the NBC affiliate. I, I, I just don't know if if I would have seen it uh, in 83 or 84. I know we weren't getting it 82, though.
0: Coming out of that, Mike, we go to our next match, Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Marty Lundy with Rick Ferreira as the referee. We get a little bit of audio from Bill Watts about the stalking of Mr. Wrestling 2. It's been going on, like you said earlier, for a good period of time now, Mike. Let's hear what the cowboy has to say.
3: Well, Boyd Wrestling 2 is a living legend. He's one of the toughest competitors I've ever met. Right now, he's extremely upset. Somebody has been symbolically desecrating trademarks of Wrestling 2, like his mask, they've sent him maimed dolls, they've been threatening him, and the whoever it is won't come out of the closet, so to speak. And Wrestling 2 offered $500 reward, and he's upped that reward to $1,000 to anybody that can bring him and prove to him who the person is. He just wants a shot at whoever it is. This, this type of psychological warfare is sometimes the worst kind because of the unknown. Marty Lundy, a young man. We've seen this man improve. He's a powerful man. Squats 600 pounds on the uh, full-leg squat in the gymnasium. Getting to be a real powerhouse. Uh, Came to uh, Mid-South Wrestling fairly green and inexperienced. He's tried some of the tough ones, and he's against one of the tough ones right now. A man that's that's just tenacious in the way he'll attack you. You know, earlier we had Buddy Nichols on from KALB-TV, the sports director there, and there's a man getting paid. To make a living and doing something what everybody else would pay to get to do. Because being a sports director and being around sports all your life, as far as I'm concerned, is utopia.
0: Well, there we hear it. Cowboy Bill Watts talking about his personal utopia. During this match, (laughs) he also talks about amateur wrestling in Louisiana and the upcoming North American title tournament. Mr. Wrestling 2 wins with a million-dollar knee lift. Any thoughts or notes about this match, Mike? And I guess we should bring it up here. I'll bring it up, and you tell me, because I need to find out what you saw. I have not seen Hank on this week's episode.
1: I'm starting to think that Hank might be gone. I agree with you. I have not seen Hank either. I want to say one other thing about the match before we move on. Watts also mentions during the match that Stagger Lee is gone and JYD is back, but since Stagger Lee is gone, Watts reiterates the one-night tournament on March 21st for the North American title. Watts also mentions a lot about amateur wrestling during this match, but uh, good stuff there between Marty Lundy and Wrestling 2. Marty Lundy continues to look really really good and uh you can see why he ends up becoming a star in later years
0: quickly actually you could see why he ends up getting a nice push in georgia and southeastern right after he leaves mid-south he's sh- he's shown a lot i mean think about it we've seen so many undercard guys in here and it's a good crew tim horner really good here Art Cruz, young up and comer we have a lot of good young workers here kelly kaniski probably better than a lot of people give him credit for because he's a little bland in terms of personality but he's good as a wrestler we have all these young guys here. on Anderson breaks out, and he stands out, and he's just—if you watch him in the ring, just his movements, his footwork—it's hard to believe he's only been wrestling as short a period of time as he had been by this period of time.
1: He, he, Brian, he really is incredible, man. He—it's hard to—I mean, if you're not watching these matches with him, and he's just an undercard talent, you know, enhancement talent, but he bumps really well. He, everything he looks. Looks really good. You you nail it about the other other car talent. I mean, Tim Horner, he, he's another one in there who looks good. I mean, you've got to give him credit where credit's due. But I'm with you, man. He's just the, the guy is if for his, him being as young in the business as he is. Marty Lundy slash Arn Anderson looks really good. And you can see, again, to repeat why he goes to goes on to be a, a major star.
0: Coming out of that match, we get an interesting little update from the desk about a mysterious message that has arrived. Let's hear this.
3: And Boyd, right before we went on the air for this taping session, we received a very unusual message. And all I know is the message says, the Junkyard Dog, when you get in the ring to wrestle your match, be sure to watch the back door. And you know, with the things that have happened to wrestling too, and the things that have happened to the Junkyard Dog, even like when Dugan was in the audience in the gorilla suit, I'm sure that maybe that is a crank threat. We don't know. But I'm sure
2: the dog cannot afford to ignore it. And we'll find out because the Junkyard Dog is next. That's right. And we'll be right back out to this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network.
0: Whether it's the stalker of Mr. Wrestling 2 or whoever it is wanting to send this note to the Junkyard Dog, no one ever has a problem communicating with Mid-South Wrestling. (laughs) They're always getting (laughs) notes and messages and phone calls from Uganda. (laughs) (laughs)
1: brian that's why okay i said this either last week i said this last week or week before i said we really have to be careful sometimes when we when we when we nitpick current wrestling and you really got to be careful as a classic wrestling fan to say how things are oh back then everything was so airtight made a lot of sense because in reality we can look at something like this and go man. We it's not hard for these mysterious people to send messages to Bill Watson and, and all these weird things that happen. It, they have no problem communicating at all. Now, part of it's because the, the mystery is coming from within the building. But but I, I get where you're coming from. The the, the, the funny part, though, the, the the note that we're talking about here is one thing. But the the mysterious phone call from Uganda is another who took that call. Why weren't more questions asked? about that you know that that, that that's the part where I'm like oh wait wait come on now are we really going here with this so anyway i just had to point that out
0: well mike we then get our next match the aforementioned junkyard dog versus Sonny myers with alfred neely as the referee mr wrestling 2 and tiger conway jr are at ringside facing the camera watching the junkyard dogs back when i don't even know if all hell breaks loose a mysterious man shows up We'll talk about this on the other side. Let's listen to it as it actually happened, and then we'll explain everything you're listening to.
3: Well, I keep wondering, Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. came out, and they're all kind of looking toward the back there at that warning, and the junkyard dog is looking back there. He picked his chain up. Something's coming out of the back door. If we can get the camera to pick it up. And here a motor. Man dressed in black. Run back into that smoke field area. Sonny Rogers gets out of the ring, the junkyard dog. Looks like a martial arts, a martial arts type of confrontation a kendo stick a i don't know if that's symbolic or if they actually fight with those sticks i and the crowd is looking forward to this whatever's going to happen this man is coming in and so far the junkyard dog is staring him looking right at him whoever he is the man is doing some form of ceremony i don't know if this is some type of ceremonial warning It's said for Junkyard Dog to watch the back door. So far, the man has not attacked him. believe from the times I wrestled in Japan, that certainly looks like a kendo stick, which is a stick that they practice the art of the samurai-type sword fighting. But these sticks can be very, very effective in a fight against a person uh, naturally not armed with a blade. They're made of bamboo. Very strong. The guy's got a some kind of a metal face mask with a grill effect on, I suppose, to keep it from injuring your eyes. But he's doing definitely some type of martial arts situation. We don't know who he is. He is definitely facing off. And the dog, it looks like they're about ready to come to blows there. The crowd is chanting for JYD. JYD. The man now is leaving the ring. Rogers from behind, boy. Sonny Rogers saw his chance to try to score on the JYD right here on television. And he's jumped the junkyard dog from behind. Apparently, the other threat was just a ceremonial warning. It's like out kind of a code of honor, maybe a Bushido code of honor. But Sonny Rogers, it didn't last long. Him, JYD pumped up over worrying what was coming to that back door. He was ready
2: and raring to go and the big thump junkyard dog gains a victory tag team action coming up after this message from mid-south
0: okay mike so this is an interesting segment here i'm gonna let you summarize what we just saw this I like i said a very interesting segment here well you got one thing you
1: got tiger conway jr in wrestling too they're watching the back door right so then we see someone show up on a motorbike in a black outfit on, and
0: let me stop you. Don't forget, originally I thought it was the exhaust, but then I realized no, someone put a smoke bomb or something down. There's smoke all over the back too. Yeah,
1: I'm glad you said that because he when he comes through the the that I'll call it a curtain because I don't have any other way to to really call it. Um, I don't know how else to really say it, but he 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 drives through on this motorbike. On a curtain, the smoke is not coming from the bike. Somebody put smoke, like they had a smoke machine down. So I guess they had smoke machines as far back as then. But anyway, you're right. He he drives through the quote unquote smoke. This better had to be actually hot. Now that I think about it, that's pretty high tech for '83. I would think. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he 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 drives through the smoke, and then he goes back through the curtain. I guess to grab his stick because it would be kind of hard to drive your motorbike with a stick in your hand. Um, so there's that, you know, because, I mean, you got to you got to shift gears or you got to have you got the throttle and whatever. Anyone who's ever driven a road, uh, rid, a uh, rid, rid, Anyone who's ever rode a motorbike will know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, he gets into the ring with this um, kendo stick and he starts going through the ceremonial thing. And as he's doing this, dog's got his chain waiting for this guy to attack. And dog's like, I don't know what the hell this craziness is, but I'm going to you know knock the hell out of you.
0: See, I thought that was a good little detail, by the way, just the dog not letting go of his chain, holding it because he doesn't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's completely unclear if this guy's going to attack the dog or if he's just doing a ceremony. The dog wasn't going to attack him first, but he did not let go of that chain. Yeah, he he is at full
1: attention. Dog is at full attention the whole time. He is not standing there like, oh, you know, I'm just going to sit here leisurely while this guy does his stupidity and making a joke out of it. He's dead serious. Dogs in his in his fighting stance, as I call it, where he's, he's got his weight on his right leg and the front leg is forward and he's got that chain He's and he's ready to deal out some, some soup bones. We're going to start hearing soup bones in the next few months, just by the way. But he, he's he got his chain and he's he's ready to start go, going to town on this guy if he does anything, but he never does. And as you hear Watts explain, he does this ceremonial type thing. Lord knows if that's a real ceremonial type thing or not, but Watts sold it to me back then. And then... Eventually the guy retreats and gets back on a motorbike and decides he's going to ride back into the back the whole time, you know, on the outside, you've got two in Conway. They're just kind of looking like what the heck is going on now? Let me give you the perspective of a kid. When I saw this as a kid, I was baffled. Like who is this dark sinister ninja looking guy? Cause that's, that's what you think of, you know, cause you know, they had the Kung Fu movies back then and that's immediately what came to my mind when I saw this, I'm like, who is this guy and what the hell is happening here? You know, cause I mean, this kind of just came out of nowhere in a way. And that was my thoughts. So as a kid, I'm like, what happened and what's going to happen next. And then this poor sap, Sonny Rogers decides he's going to sneak dog. as dog is watching the, the, the ninja leave. And well, dog ends up real quick.
0: When you were a kid watching this, did you think anything about the fact that the great Kabuki and Gary Hart had been there a few weeks earlier? And, you know, obviously very, very similar acts. Uh, Kendo Nagasaki, even though the name is from a British wrestler, the gimmick is almost a complete ripoff of the great Kabuki. Did you think anything about that, that this is very similar to Kabuki? I, I
1: didn't, believe it or not, I didn't tie the two together at the, at this moment, like right here. Now when he's eventually, I, yeah, but not not right here. To me, it was just this guy riding through with a motorbike and there's smoke and he just threatened the dunk junkyard dog kind of with this ceremonial thing. And I, I, I was more mesmerized by that than comparing him to the short stint that Kabuki and Gary Hart had that we, that we saw.
0: But that's what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if they brought in Kendo Nagasaki because Kabuki and Gary Hart left so quickly and they had planned on doing something with the dog and Kabuki, they had started setting yeah. things up and then they were gone. They're like, well, we need another Ninja. Who do we find? Right. <laughs>
1: I can see I can see what you're saying now. Like they went and got him because of that. Maybe they had planned on something else because I mean if you remember the whole thing with Gary Hart, he's in the ring with Akbar and he's like, Let me tell you something, brother my pockets love money, <laughs> you know, so he's joking with Akbar about how, and and my pockets are always open for money. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah, that, that could be something that happened and then, you know, it just never materialized. Cause where does, where does Gary Hart and Kabuki go next after this? Mid-Atlantic? Oh,
0: I got to check. I believe it would be Mid-Atlantic.
1: That's what I thought. Okay. So yeah, they go there, but you're right. I mean, we don't, I mean, there's nothing after, I mean, they come in for, we'll call it a cup of coffee, a few episodes, and then it's it's over, and then this happens. So I didn't make the tie-in back then, but I can see why you're saying that now.
0: Once again, the Junkyard Dog wins with the thump. And from there, we get a tag team match. The Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus Tim Horner and Tony Torres with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Before we talk about this match, we get a little bit on commentary from Bill Watts, about something we saw earlier, something that was teased earlier, Hacksaw Duggan's remarks about Skandar Akbar and Kamala. That's
3: right. The Mid-South champions naturally are certainly high over retaining the titles in the match last week against Tony Atlas and Andre the Giant, and a lot of skullduggery involved there. I was very interested in uh, Hacksaw Duggan's remarks in that interview and that he asked DiBiase, did you have anything to do with Akbar and Kamala? And I think it really shocked Dibiasi, And I think Diviasi may have uh, been able to go and reveal a little more than he did until he saw that Hacksaw was upset about it. And Hacksaw said he is an American. And the uh, Rat Pack, whether you like him or not, he feels they can handle everything. And he doesn't like managers. He doesn't like uh, the people that control the oil situation, the Arabs. And he doesn't like Skander Akbar for his dealings in the past with the Iron Sheik, a man who... Bragged about his close association to the Khomeini, uh, the, who kidnapped very cowardly the Americans and held them hostage. And so I think, uh, I don't know about that situation. I think DBS uh, may know more about Skandar Akbar and Kamala being involved in the Andre the Giant affair than he wanted to admit right there, because the big man Hacksaw Dugan was kind of pressuring him about that, and DBS will try to appease him, I'm sure. The Rat Pack, as they're called. A lot of action, and the man goes and, like I say, tagged in. And they caught Matt Bourne.
0: Well, there we hear a little bit of the action, and Cowboy Bill Watts pontificating about the Junkyard Dog, the remarks he made to DiBiase and Matt Bourne about Akbar and Kamala. Question for you, Mike. Based on what Bill Watts was saying here and the way this was set up earlier, are we, do you think we're supposed to forget that duggan originally came in as a bounty hunter for akbar
1: um yeah i think we're supposed to forget because it was such a i mean if you remember he had that furry looking outfit on and he just looked like a goon out there i think we're i think we're supposed to forget i hadn't thought about it until you asked but yeah we're we are supposed to forget
0: right, actually he hates akbar so much he's dealing with oil money and the iron sheet but akbar's the one who brought him in the mid-south well and, yeah, again this
1: is one of those things that doesn't Stand up, I guess, as well today, because the pro you could do that back then. Because good God, VCRs were limited, you didn't have somebody tweeting it out, like you know. Because this is what happened if 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 this angle happened today on television, like right now, if it was no, you know, November 2019 and this angle happened where Duggan calls out DiBiase. And says, I don't appreciate you taking that oil money, or you need to be honest with me, if you're taking that oil money, this guy's causing problems, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Somebody on Twitter would tweet out, it's funny Duggan's got a problem with Akbar. Akbar brought him in. Like, but back then, <laughs> that's what would happen. But see, yeah. back because it happens today. But back then, we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have social media to to clip it and post it. So we didn't even think about it. And I gotta be honest, until you asked it. I didn't, I know I didn't think about it at this moment when, when when this seemed to this conflict was was brewing, but now I do now when you say that, I'm like, man, somebody could go back and say that if they want to poke a hole in it, so there, there's something to what you're saying.
0: Any thoughts or notes about this match? And, and one other note, I guess I should say before we go to your thoughts here, Bill Watts does say on commentary in two weeks, Mr. Olympia returns, the suspension, or I guess not suspension, but the the loser leaves town stipulation. From that tag team match at the end of 1982 is going to be up in two weeks. Yeah, he mentions two things. I
1: want to mention that first. He also mentions that next week, DiBiase and Bourne will take on JYD and on Two in a non-title match. He says that's up. And you're right. He he does mention that Olympia will return in 60 days from the loser leaves town, and he'll be he'll also be in that North American title tournament. I think. Watch change this on the fly because I'm 99 percent sure, although I didn't go back and listen, it was supposed to be 90 days, just like dogs was, but it wasn't. So now he's saying it's 60 days. So another, you know, again, I'm not trying to yell at clouds like an old man, but it's one of those things that little detail that can get lost in classic wrestling. It was originally 90. I'm almost certain. And now it's only 60 and whatever. It is what it is. But just wanted to point that out.
0: Uh, Any other thoughts or notes about the match, the actual body of the match?
1: Nope, DiBiase and Bourne win easily when DiBiase hit Torres with the power slam. That's it.
0: We then get our next match, the Louisiana State champion Hacksaw Duggan versus Tiger Conway Jr. with Alfred Neely as the referee. There's some stuff to talk about here. But first, let's hear the Cowboy talk a little bit about Tiger Conway Jr., as well as a promo that I have on YouTube right now. We have played it on the 605 Super Podcast for my collection. I can't believe Bill Watts is talking about it here on the air. The <laughs> Hacksaw Duggan exterminating company. Let's hear this right now.
3: This could be a battle, boy, Ferris. You know, Hacksaw Duggan's a man that just gets into it with everybody. But Tiger Conway Jr. is one tough hombre. His dad was a great, great professional athlete. He fits in that vein of guys that have grown up in it. And he's fought, from it, fought for it. He's, everything he's got from the word go. He kind of took a hiatus from wrestling had other things that he had to get settled but he's been training and he's back and some things that happened in houston lately tiger says he wants to go back on the campaign full time and he said the only way to make a name for yourself in mid-south is to come take on the tough guys he said i don't want to start from the bottom i want to get right in the thick of things and i guarantee you you couldn't get it any thicker any tougher than the man who says he has now his own ace exterminating company that he exterminates cockroaches and especially cockroaches from south of the border as dugans confidence that he has got one Chavo Guerrero he has referred to as being a cockroach and that he's going to exterminate him well let me tell you Mr. Dugan has taken some pretty big tough guys and Chavo Guerrero is still around as one gorgeous Gino Hernandez found out and gorgeous Gino when he finally saw the light it got to him right in the courage department and he completely in my opinion lost his guts if he ever had any to start with And flat chickened out in one of the most important matches of his career. And he is, as far as I'm concerned, he has completely uh, taken any validity of having a reputation in wrestling and destroyed it. And Chavo Guerrero is still riding high and whipping him long, tall, and short. And I'm sure Chavo will uh, react to that insult as anybody would. Nobody would like to be referred to. I don't believe in that venue.
0: Well, there we hear it a little bit from the Cowboy. Once again, Mike, I'm convinced more than ever before something went down with Gino Hernandez because Watts, for no good reason here, just rips on Gino again. And it does seem to be beyond an angle, beyond this is what happened in the match. It does seem to be a little bit of some personal shots of Gino. And, and
1: again, it also, too, in addition to what you're saying, you Watts, sometimes you can't tell Watts because, I mean, Watts is kind of like a bully as well, so... He'll do those things, but then he will also kind of poke fun at it as well. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing here. But I I can't get past the fact that Watts, in talking about Tiger Conway here and Duggan, brings up the extermination company. And you're right. You posted that local promo to the 605 YouTube or, or the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube. And Duggan, he says he has his own extermination service, and Duggan is going to exterminate wrestlers south of the border, and he's starting with Chavo. I'm thoroughly, you know, I'm chuckling uh, in (laughs) uncontrollably when I listen to that. Back then, I I don't think I reacted like I react now, just because of the state of affairs in the world. But that was, whoa, okay, Bill. Um, And by the way, what he says here is nowhere near as bad <laughs> as Hacksaw's promo with Reeser when he goes when he's talking about his extermination company.
0: A promo that has Reeser laughing and many people in the background laughing, and I'm going to assume one of those people was Bill Watts because he certainly got a kick out of it.
1: Right. I wouldn't doubt that at all. If you haven't heard that promo, you need to go. It's on the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube, right, Brian?
0: That is correct, yes.
1: Yeah, go to the Arcadian Vanguard YouTube and just... Go find it and listen to it. And uh, if you've got a sense of humor and you love classic wrestling, you're going to laugh uncontrollably. You're going to laugh at Reese or laughing. You're going to laugh at the guys in the background laughing. You're going to laugh at Duggan basically popping himself in a way too because I, I think he pops himself. It's, 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 it's great. It's fantastic. It's what Southern Wrestling was. We're going to insult people and offend people. And that's that.
0: So this match, you know, we've talked a lot about the bumps that Alfred Neely has taken. I think he took his nastiest bump to the floor during this match, because he disqualifies Duggan for over-the-top rope throwing uh, Tiger Conway Jr., and then Duggan throws Alfred Neely to the floor, and it's, again, no pads or anything, concrete. He hits that floor so hard, and he immediately goes to his knee. I thought he really messed up his knee. He would, of course, be refereeing later on in the taping, so it couldn't have been that bad, but it was a really nasty fall. Did you notice that?
1: I noticed, okay, so I noticed him selling the, the, the right knee, but he came down on his right hip hard. Oh, yeah. And, and so, as someone who's um fallen on concrete like that on my hip, I, I know Alfred Neely is young and those joints aren't brittle, but man, I'm sure the bruise in the, the next day, that right hip felt Horrible. He needed some some pain pills to get through it. Uh, the next day, he he took a that that fall when Duggan and Duggan only throws him through the middle rope, but it, it's just the way he hit, the way he lands, and the way he rotates. He doesn't grab the rope going on the way out, so he kind of f- like flips over through it. And man, he 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 landed on that right hip very very hard.
0: I was blown away, and we've seen him take a lot of bumps, and they were always great bumps. I mean, it's all it's usually. Too often that he does the bumps is the big problem, but this was easily the worst one he's taken, and or maybe I should say the best one he's taken, depending on how you look at it. But it looked like he really got messed up there. And that was the finish. Tiger Conway wins via DQ because of the the over-the-top rope disqualification rule. Any other thoughts or notes about this match?
1: No, um, I don't have anything else. Tiger Conway wins by DQ, and um after the match, duggan uh, it, duggan is sent uh, Duggan is sent packing and, and Potters out the ring and, and wants no more of Tiger Conway. Tiger Conway eventually fights back to kind of you know show he's not a quitter and whatnot, and Duggan's like, "I don't want no part of this." so you know it it keeps Duggan strong as a heel right now, obviously. he's still a heel, even though he's starting to we're starting to see the turn, but that's all I had.:
0: The final match on this week's show. Kelly Kaniski versus Joe Stark with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Buddy Nichols back on commentary. And the only note I have here is that time runs out. We do not get a finish. Any other closing notes or thoughts about this match or this episode, Mike?
1: Like I say the only thing important here is uh, Buddy Nichols returns for the matches that don't really matter. The matches where Watts needs to get this stuff in and tell a story. He uh, he, Watts is there, but Buddy Nichols is back. And I don't have anything. It, it ends, like you said, with TV time expiring.
0: Well, with that, we close out another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. One want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter, at SuperPodcasts. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts, Mike, How can the listener stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Give me a follow on Twitter at
1: Mike five Oh four saints. I'll post clips of these shows for everyone who follows me. I hope you're enjoying them. And then you can listen to book the territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast on Thursday nights and Sunday nights. The show's debut at 7 PM central time. We have NWA shows up from the old Saturday night shows on TBS on Thursday nights and on Sundays are our smoky mountain wrestling recaps, which is about to wrap up within the next four to five months. We're getting close to the end of smoky mountain wrestling. So hopefully if you've checked them out, you've enjoyed it. Remember, the shows are unprofessional for a reason. The language is strong, much stronger than what Brian and I share here. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct, but it's fun nonetheless. So hopefully you check us out and enjoy it. Brian, another fun week. Um, this was fun. There was, there was a lot of stuff here. This whole Dugan thing, uh, now, now watch has me doing it. This whole Duggan thing, is, is it's a seed. And I just want to say that without saying anything else or we'll get uh, too far along with it. But another great show of Mid-South Wrestling.
0: The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho!